0: Never? No. Ever? No. You never want to get married?
1: Nope.
0: Never want kids?
1: Not a chance. Ever? Never. Is that so bizarre?
0: Yes. Yes, it is.
1: I just don't see the value in it. All right, sell it to me. What? Sell me marriage.
0: Okay, how about love? (laughs) stability somebody you can count on
1: how many stable marriages do you know
0: somebody to talk to someone to spend your life with
1: i'm surrounded by people to talk to i doubt that's going to change <laughs>
0: to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike and we are wrapping up another trilogy. We started with Truman Show sideways and up in the air and I was confused when you first put these films together in terms of uh, this thematic trilogy and I want you to speak a little bit about about why you think these go well together or why maybe they don't after our most recent rewatches
2: because what Webb is not saying is that he's still confused and still opposed to this. (laughs) 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 Not at
1: all. all
2: Be a man of the people you're speaking for the listeners as far as I don't get it. (laughs) What's going on
0: here? (laughs) Not at all. One of the things that you mentioned was speeches and, and that's absolutely present I think in all three films, but I want you to kind of tackle this subject because I feel like you're coming at it with a little more, Uh, knowledge and and kind of drive than than i am well so i was
2: looking at you know new year's is my least favorite holiday by far um i'm I'm not (laughs) it's not because christmas uh that i'm such a christmas junkie that i'm like you know uh, angry at the following holiday for (laughs) cementing that christmas is in fact over (laughs) Uh, but even as a kid for some reason i hated turning over to a new year. I hated that passage of time. As a movie lover, it's probably because, you know, January is like one of the dump months where it's like, well, (laughs) all the good stuff uh, has come out. Now we have to wait around until, you know, summer season for things to get um, not necessarily good again, but for things to uh, be meaningful again. And, you know, you could go to the weather. Uh, I don't think, I, I don't know if I've ever met anyone who says January is their favorite month of the year. I feel like if you like the winter months uh december you'd vote there instead of january you're raising your hand is january your favorite
0: month of the year well it's kind of egotistical i think that's the right word i my birthday is in january my kid's birthday is in january so not only do i see january as obviously a new year new beginning all that stuff like i want to right the wrongs that happened last or whatever but because my birthday is january 4th and it's so close to new year like, my own like biological New Year is the same as the calendar New Year. Very close. Do you see your birthday as a New Year? No. My my birthday also is one of the uh,
2: film-going dump months. I wanted to put some of that hatred that I've had since I was a very young man uh, as far as the New Year. I remember being... I was 12, uh, 94. And I think that's the first time I... At least I can remember that I seriously was depressed that it was going to be a new year, and as a twelve-year-old, I thought it's never going to be nineteen ninety-four again. Like everything that could have happened in nineteen ninety-four is done for. Like there's no more time. Like now we're moving nineteen ninety-five, and I I remember that because I remember thinking even at the time that's a weird thought to have as a kid, <laughs> like, <to feel laughs> such allegiance to these numbers. Um, was ninety-four a great year? Well, for movies, it was it was pretty good. I mean, Pulp Fiction, you know, IMDb's number one film of all time for the longest stretch. The Shawshank Redemption, I, I think so. Uh, Forrest Gump and Lion King united the country with <laughs> that, that brand of, of sentimentality. Say so yes, I would say so. Speed, maybe more to your liking. Um, okay, gonna, you know,
0: I like all the films you mentioned Now, now you're challenging <laughs> me I'm
2: going to have to look at 95 Because I feel bad for 95 Because I'm like I'm sure there was great stuff there too Crimson Tide, I believe, was 95 So, um, so I wanted to bring that negativity uh, That I have to a new year But I felt like it needed to be mixed Because uh, unlike my beloved 1994, I don't feel like anyone was hanging on to 2020. It's like, man, we didn't get enough <laughs> accomplished this year. There weren't enough life-changing, global-altering events this year. We kind of wasted it. So I wanted to I, – I pitched the theme to you. These movies all have what I, I, I'm calling this trilogy end-of-the-world speeches. And they're all about the – end of one thing but the beginning of something else which i think is the more optimistic look uh that people have when they celebrate new years is that whatever happened in the past you know the january 1st is the opportunity to to rewrite your life in some way you know people make resolutions what have you it's a little more serious in these three films i mean starting with our first one you know the end of the world speech is uh christoph who is <laughs> Imprisoned a man (laughs) since (laughs) his conception, Uh, you know, a camera in the womb and has followed his every move um, and then is begging him, imploring him to stay in his cage for the amusement of many others that he inspires by just uh, in his words, by just being himself, which, you know, as we kind of talked about in that episode, brings on its own. Ethical questions. Is Truman actually able to be himself when everything he's aspired to uh, has been cut off from him? He wanted to be an explorer, and people keep trying to redirect him, these actors. Then moving on to Sideways, which has a beautiful speech about the very thing that's uniting these two people, uh, about it being uh, a living thing. Uh, uh, A bottle of wine, uh, having a, a sort of natural life cycle where it will start to peak um, and how opening a bottle of wine one day is different from any other day uh, and how those those choices play into our our life experiences. Um, finishing off with Up in the Air, where our main character espouses this philosophy of all of the baggage of not only people's personal belongings, but their personal attachments in life, weighing them down so that they can't start anew. So I was trying to... You know, pitch you end of the world speeches and movies, which if you Google this, you'll get a number of things. You know, the one that kept coming to my mind was uh, uh, Idris Elba's uh, We Are Canceling the Apocalypse from uh, Pacific Rim. That's a literal end of the world that they're (laughs) dealing with, not (laughs) not something personal and internal. So that's that's what I was trying to do. And also I wanted it to be more hopeful uh, than that. I wanted it about be about these personal journeys, these characters go on and how they they are able to turn that page um and and face um you know their own personal apocalypse but move forward uh we don't quite know what's going to happen as much actually i guess with all three of the characters you know all three of the films are kind of ambiguous as far as what that next step is but yeah, i think it's played it's played as a um some brometer of success for us that these characters are, are looking to make that next next step
0: Is there one specific speech or journey that you attached yourself to more than the others uh i'll I'll start off and I'll say for me it absolutely was Maya in sideways and I know that there's a lot of bias if you listen to the last three episodes i'm I'm gushing over sideways and it's the one that I think. Is infused with the most amount of positivity because you've got Christoph who is essentially using those beautiful words to lure a person back into a prison. <laughs> uh, you've got Ryan, who is while I think the action in his speech, at least towards the end of him run, cutting himself off and just running away to possibly move on from this life of no connection, the words in and of themselves are very much about, hey, you need to get rid of not only your worldly possessions, but also the more emotional ones in order to have a successful life. And uh, from what I remember in those sequences, it's not like he's playing to a crowd of a few people. It feels like he's got a full room in each of them. And it, it because of his, I guess, stature, those Spots in that audience, like they could not have come cheap. So once again, you've got a speech that is trying to eliminate connections into something a little colder for monetary, I guess, success. Whereas Maya, Maya's speech is all about being able to recognize like the the more your mortality and what is important. Um, comparing that to the life of a grape and the life of a bottle of wine and how it is so representative of the life of an individual. And, and you get to kind of pick and choose and and understand what's important. And so that's why I prefer her speech to the others. And also thank you so much to Rolf Kent, whose wonderful score. So underutilized in up in the air. I was thrilled (laughs) watching the opening credits and seeing that Rolf Kent, and I think as most people will always attach him to the opening theme of Dexter. But for me, it's sideways. And I was so excited. And I even, I looked up the soundtrack at the end of watching Up in the Air and was angered so much because there was only like three or four tracks. And a lot of it is, you know, uh, the songs used in the film. And I love uh, Bust a Move as much as the next guy, but boy, I I really wanted more uh, Rolf Kent. And, And I even noticed that at the end of my watch. I was like, boy, there wasn't enough original score there. Uh, but yeah, sideways, Maya. That is uh, that is my favorite of the three. What about yourself? I mean, I'd like to say uh, Truman Show because I'd like to use that
2: uh, and tie it to the the roaring success of this trilogy. In theory, that Mike, no matter no matter what's happened to you in your personal life, you, you have to go entertain millions and <laughs> inspire them with your. <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts on you know trilogies that you and your buddy web uh make up on the fly every, every month but uh i would say that um it, it's definitely sideways is the one that's probably most personally affecting because it's about it's about timing um i could i could see like up in the air i have my own qualms with his his outlook because i think the uh minimalist people get on my fucking nerves. Like they just seem like rich people that are, are bored. Like they're bored with having so much stuff. And they're like, let's try being poor. What would it look like if we were right. poor? Except we're going to live in these huge houses that are now empty and we're going to glorify that. And then just start over again. Uh, I actually read it. It was an interesting article. Uh, if I find it, I'll drop it in the show notes that was like, you know, minimalism is, uh, is sort of glorifying choices that uh, those that are financially challenged can't make because they can't just decide to rid themselves of everything because everything they actually own already has some sort of utilitarian purpose in their life, uh, and they can't just wipe the slate clean on a whim. So you know, I, I think it works and up in the air because the the people that Clooney is going to be talking to probably are. Uh, financially successful and they're looking for other ways to um sort sort of monetize their life in a way like by you know slimming things down they can somehow you know he's (laughs) calling all of them sharks he's saying they have to stay mobile to, to stay you know active and on top of things i don't really have that particular viewpoint um but I've also always been close. Like I've maintained friendships I've had since I was a kid. Like I've some, so I have like five, six, seven really close friends from when I, I was like 11 years old still. And I, I think that that's something I actually cherish. So those type of attachments that that worldview doesn't apply to me. I don't share. And I don't know if you do either. Cause I don't think we, any one of us, uh, tried to put on our sort of uh, wine snob bona fides in our sideways episodes. I don't, I don't have a particular affinity for wine, uh, much to the chagrin of my, my wife, who's tried to get me into it. But that idea that there's going to be um, a moment when you need to, to latch on, when you need to to really have your ears, your antennas sort of like perked up to know when a moment is coming your way and not to let it slip by, I that's what I get from the sideways Speech and uh, you know, my buddy Webb says, Hey, uh, I'd like to do this trilogy podcast with you. I, you know, I jump on it because it had been kicking around for a couple of years, and I'm like, Oh, this might if I scare him now, if I say, <laughs> if I say now is not the time, this may never happen. <laughs> and how would those millions
0: of people be entertained? They won't, Webb, if we don't do this. I remember, I remember. Uh, having essentially what was my honeymoon because uh just the way that uh my, my wedding worked out is because I, I had it to somebody who was a citizen of India and um it was an arranged marriage. So we got married and right after our marriage instead of going on a fabulous honeymoon I had to return to the US and fill out visa paperwork. So sexy uh <laughs> when we actually <laughs> Yeah <laughs>
2: right i hope you had candles (laughs) lit and everything as you're doing stacks of paperwork
0: (laughs) that was my like equivalent of sexting i would take a snapshot of me filling out a form send it to my like oh yeah baby i remember when we did eventually have our 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 essentially what our honeymoon was supposed to be in goa uh, uh a wonderful city in in india I remember looking at at signs and looking at things that would remind me of, oh, you know what? Like that would be a great idea for a trilogy in theory at that time called something completely different. It would be a great logo. And I was, you know, sketching as I went along um, and enjoyed my honeymoon. So yes, this absolutely was something that was in the making. Uh, One of the things I do want to mention, react to what you said, for those who are fortunate enough to be and try minimalism, it's also kind of out of boredom because these are the individuals who they don't have to look at sales papers. If they want something, they'll go get it. Uh, I, I, oh, you know what? Milk is on sale at Safeway this week versus, you know, what it normally is at the Walmart. So it's like, these are not the things going through their minds. And so just to shake things up a little bit, let's give minimalism a try. And I think like with all things, there's always a balance. Like, of course, if I started neglecting my adult responsibilities, like, no, I need to complete this set of comic books, or I need to complete, I need to have every Criterion, even the DVDs. It's like, as soon as you get the, you know, there's always a balance. It's okay. I think that it's okay to own a specific material object and know that, Hey, this has a specific meaning because this person gave it to me, or I bought it when I was uh, in this specific, a location or at this specific time, as soon as you get into the extremes, I think that's it. As soon as you devote yourself to one specific kind of lifestyle, I don't know, I think you begin to venture into dangerous territory and you ultimately deprive yourself of meaningful experiences and that's kind of where I think Ryan is like he's so far gone in terms of uh, connections the tagline to this movie kind of I'm not a huge fan of it but uh, the story of a man ready to make a connection like yeah I don't know I'm not a huge fan of it but it's kind of I don't know if he is ready I think he's ready at the end of the film I think that's where he is
2: I think in films, the the other thing with with this particular trilogy is if you you search like, you know, uh, know, life-changing speeches or anything like that, well, hell, you'll come up with thousands of movies because that's – you go to the movies to see uh, someone have dramatic conflict and then overcome it in some way. So somewhere along the way, someone's going to give a life-altering speech in some way, and I – was impressed, I'll say it, with myself as far as this, because I'll credit you, you said we gotta do sideways. <laughs> so um you know, I, I go into the the tit offices, put on the hard hat, and I start trying to concoct <laughs> how to please Webb by including sideways. What's the <laughs> what's the trilogy? We're not doing a wine trilogy,
0: Yeah you're right. Bottle shock and yes. <laughs> we're
2: we're not getting <laughs> not into, the obvious not getting into that research for one, because every episode's like, Well, nope, not much of a wine guy, so Here's part three of our wine trilogy, but I did feel like all of the characters—they're very different versions of, you know, men in some form of a midlife crisis. I think. As we talked about in the Up in the Air episode, maybe the most criticism you can lob is against the Clooney character. I think Truman is probably absolved of all criticism, personally. A, a yes. prisoner <laughs> trying to escape a prison, not even of his own making, but he's not even fully aware of it until he's 30-something years old. His mistakes he makes, uh, you know, they're not even with real people, right? They're all, they're all props and actors. Right. But, man, <laughs> Miles... And Ryan Bingham. Um, It's hard to connect the two. And I I think if Miles, the character, was a real person. uh, Hell, even Paul Giamatti might chuckle at being compared to like, well, you and Clooney are going through the same shit in these (laughs) these two movies. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think the world looks at them differently. Even in Sideways, his buddy at times is his caretaker. Thinks, oh, he needs to be propped up. I need to push him to a new direction to turn that page. I don't feel like anyone is handling Clooney in that way. Like if if he's going to make any sort of life change, he has to, he's going to come to that conclusion himself. There's not going to be anyone else kind of steering him in that direction. Uh, do you think that makes one more valid than the other is you know, is Clooney's more pure self-discovery?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, I think Jumadi's character, Miles ultimately does get to where he needs to be on his own. Uh, The trouble is, like, Ryan, because he's created these walls for himself, he kind of has to come up with that destination or that realization on his own. I think either way, whether you get—I'm so—and I'm guilty of this, too. Like, I'm oftentimes like, no, I can do this by myself. I'm very much like, if I can't do it by myself, then what the hell? It's. I feel like it's a failing within myself, and that's just so not the case. Like it's not a bad thing to want help or help to even need help. And I think, even Brian, like with those walls and and the isolation that he's created for himself, he still gets help. He you know he chooses to go to this wedding and he chooses to open himself up. Whether he's, and he invites uh, um the Alex Alex the Harlot Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He invites her. The fact that he's inviting her, you know, is is kind of a big deal because, you know, inviting to a wedding, it, it, you know, I don't have much experience in terms of relationships, but I feel like that's a big step to invite somebody over to a very uh, a very intimate engagement. So ultimately he does. Neither uh, situation is uh, less valid than the other. Clooney's is more impressive because here's why,
2: Webb. Uh, and sideways, the end of the world speech is being delivered by Virginia, Virginia Matson. Um, there's also alcohol involved, you know, there's, uh, sexual chemistry in the air, even though <laughs> this will pain you, this will pain you <laughs> like, um, in sideways, it is consummated, not that night, but it is consummated, um where Paul Giamatti reaches out and starts to like rubber shoulder as they're standing at like her doorway, like, you know, the goodnight kiss, but leads to more. And it's, it's got that, the score, uh, by the guy that Reitman dismissed and up in the air said enough of your nonsense. Um, he's got a name and it's
0: <laughs> Rolf Kent.
2: <laughs> I can't wait to tell my wife this, um, Rolf is, you know, playing the, the, the sweet, sexy sounds that, you know, loves in the air. And my wife, who likes Sideways, she's seen it with me multiple times. Just staring at the screen, she's like, I still have a hard time imagining anyone having sex with Paul Giamatti. Hey! <laughs> 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 and I know you're reacting negatively. And she said it with no judgment. She just says she's watching the events play out. She's not saying she shouldn't. She's just like, I just have a hard time with it. I have a hard time <laughs> seeing it happen. My point, Webb. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: if you compare him <laughs> to George Clooney, okay.
2: I, okay. okay. Okay, my point was, that's exactly it. Paul Giamatti listens to this end-of-the-world, life-affirming, life-changing speech from Virginia Matson. George Clooney has to listen to George Clooney And deny George Clooney (laughs) that speech, (laughs) that takes more testicular fortitude in my mind that Clooney can deny his own sexual prowess against himself and say, you know what? You're full of shit. I'm going to go do something that that hurts me and damages me in the long run, but I'll be all right. Paul Giamatti, is is there any choice being made there? When Virginia Madsen is giving you the speech, is there any choice
0: at all? That's fair, but he does have to overcome his own like biology. Like he's already (laughs) as my wife has already said wired. (laughs) 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 You know, George Clooney's great and all, but he's no Matthew Lillard. All right,
2: (laughs) how dare you? (laughs) Yeah, Alexander Payne, I I guess, uh, was getting his revenge against uh, my comments on trilogy and theory. Like, I'll show you. (laughs) Retroactively problems
0: one day. (laughs) <laughs> um i think uh, uh this actually has been a great trilogy a- at the end of uh watching up in the air the, the last of the three that i saw i already felt the connection between the three films but hearing you speak about the speeches i think that's great and this is why kind of i love this podcast and being here with you is because i get to kind of I don't want too much a uh, research for our wrap-up shows, specifically for this reason, because I want the, I want to learn as much as the listener, and, and I'm sure you kind of feel the same way if I'm coming. Uh, very rarely, though, do I come up with all three films. I think, I think I don't think it's ever happened either way, you and me. Ultimately, I, I loved the way that these three films kind of came together. I think that each of them have protagonists who are so in need of like kind of our attention. Is is that a weird thing to say? Truman is somebody who we desperately not only root for right away, but we want him to have that uh, realization and that, that, that revelation of, of wanting him to start his own life. Clooney and all three characters in very kind of different states, I think emotionally and, <laughs> I guess for your wife, <laughs> on the scale of objectivity in terms of attractiveness. <laughs> well,
2: I was, and we want. I was about to leave Giamatti out again. Uh, sorry, Webb. <laughs> but um, here's a here's a. Uh, this is to his credit. Um, I don't think that we can deny he's having real moments. He's having a lot of failings. Sometimes he's he's his heart is too much on his sleeve that he's in pain and he can't, he can't move forward. I think the biggest thing with the Truman show and to some degree, uh, Clooney's character up in the air, um, is that we want both of those guys to have a genuine moment. That's what we're rooting for. Uh, Truman is trying to, uh, Clooney's trying to hide from that as protecting himself. Uh, Truman's not being allowed to have any sort of genuine relationships because there's no one else that's genuine in his world yet. Other than this one you know woman that got away uh, that he's trying to recreate through magazines, uh just to be able to see your face again. Um and I think that's something that <laughs> no matter how movie star handsome they are, you can root for that. Where it's you you want them to to be genuine in some way. We always want our movie stars to feel genuine to us, even though we're we're looking at you know the the movie gods like a Paul Giamatti or a George Clooney yeah you know, the the people <laughs> the people
0: we could never be
2: <laughs> on screen
0: <laughs> certainly but hey even even Paul Giamatti's character uh, even Miles has a, a moments where he's sabotaging himself after that wonderful speech that we hear from Maya Miles can't quite. Capitalize on it, where he asked her, Rieslings. You know, I also like Rieslings. You know, death. Oh, <laughs> he death. Can't quite get there. <laughs> we're we're still rooting for him to kind of overcome that sadness, and we're obviously rooting for uh, uh, Mr. Clooney there to have a genuine moment. I think it's a great trilogy. I think we have knocked it out of the ballpark yet again. Boy, we're we're on a hot streak. We're on a hot streak. At way. least there's one thing right with America. <laughs> That's <laughs> all now. this <laughs> That's brilliant, in
2: just not dying alone
1: starting when i was 12 we moved each one of my grandparents into a nursing facility my parents went the same way make no mistake we all die alone now those cult members in san diego with the kool-aid and the sneakers they didn't die alone i'm just saying there are options Okay, all right.